Welcome to Look-See, the podcast for the art curious in Richmond and beyond. I'm Paige Goodpasture. Opportunities to encounter Native American art presented with depth and nuance are rare. Significant collections and special exhibitions of Native American art are few and far between. Many of us, myself included, may have a narrow view of indigenous art as historical artifacts. Hear My Voice, a Virginia Museum of Fine Arts exhibition currently on view, aims to change that by exploring conversations between Native American artists and their art across time, space, and cultures. I spoke with curator Joanna Minnick about the ways in which the exhibition sparks this dialogue. Welcome to the Look-See podcast. I am here today at the Virginia Museum with Joanna Minnick. Joanna, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm the assistant curator of Native American art here at the Virginia Museum of Fine Arts, and I recently completed curating an exhibition titled Hear My Voice, Native American Art of the Past and Present. The idea that you chose to organize the exhibition around is this idea of dialogue. So can you tell us a little bit more about that idea for you as you were putting this exhibition together? I came up with the idea of the dialogue or the conversation initially as a response to what I felt like most Native art conveys, this idea of a dialogue between the artist and the object that he or she is creating. And I wanted to create a space that really allowed for that dialogue to be very open. So we did away with a lot of the walls. We put in scrim panels so you can visually see across, obviously, time and space, and to really allow that kind of free flow of ideas and conversations. There are some conversations that are sort of smaller in scope within that larger idea. And so we had three basic dialogues happening that we felt like really speak to some of the common themes that we see in Native American art. So the idea of a conversation between the artist and his or her community, the artist in the natural world, and also the artist and outsider, by which we mean sort of any outside entity or influence. Many people are familiar with Native American art in a very narrow sense. So I think when many people think about Native American art, they think about Native American dress or costume. They think about certain kind of iconic Native American ceramics, Native American weaving, Navajo rugs, things like that. But I think I'm probably right in saying that that's a very narrow conception of what Native American art is and was. And also, I don't think that that really fully encompasses what Native American artists who are working today are doing in their work. So can you expand our minds a little bit about what Native American art means in the context of this exhibition and and especially as it relates to artists who are working today? You know, hide work, feathers, beadwork, pottery, some of the things that we think are most iconic in terms of Native art are that way because of these long-standing traditions and values that a lot of Native people have and still have. So we have a number of artists that work in the contemporary art world that still practice these same traditions. So that is something that a visitor would definitely see, and yet it is true that contemporary artists 
of indigenous descent are working in a lot of new medium and, and have a lot of new inspirations. So that was one of the reasons I decided to place the Holly Wilson piece on the title wall so that people coming into the exhibition probably came in thinking I'm going to see some of those traditional things because I'm going to see Native American art and they're immediately confronted with this ultra contemporary piece that speaks to the Native experience in a much different way and so I think that really sets the stage for what is my experience going to be when I walk into this room. It's definitely going to be different from what I expected. We've also treated it differently than traditional Native American art exhibitions have been in terms of not passing through a sort of chronological timeline. So we don't go from prehistory to the present day, and we don't go from the plains to the northwest coast to the southwest. We definitely mix that up. So you do get a sense that there are these broad themes that occur in Native American art across time and space, and, and definitely across medium and across tribal affiliation. So there's a lot of different ways to experience Native art that are very different from what you would expect. And I think that that's one of the most engaging aspects of the exhibition. Are some of those connections across time and across the continent and across different communities of indigenous people, are those some of the dialogues that you were thinking of when you organized the exhibition around that idea? Yeah, and I think the Holly Wilson piece, again, is a really good example because it does fall into that conversation of artists and community. Holly Wilson is of Cherokee and Delaware descent, and she's very much attached to that part of her heritage, and yet she works in this contemporary field, and she creates these very contemporary pieces. So for me, that speaks to that idea of what does it really mean to belong to a community, and specifically an indigenous community in America. So she tells the story of the people that she knows, her family and their lineage, and she uses these modern techniques and materials. Whereas you have other artists like Virgil Ortiz, whose work is very much in keeping with those traditions of Pueblo pottery making, and yet he also speaks to this contemporary aesthetic, and he really engages people that live in modern times. He, he grew up and lives on the Cochiti Reservation, but he spends a lot of time in New York, and he really navigates both of those worlds very comfortably, and I think that each artist in this show has found their own way to negotiate that space that they occupy between kind of indigenous and contemporary artists and how they identify themselves generally first and foremost as an artist and second you know they have an attachment to these traditions and their community. The Holly Wilson piece that you're speaking of is a series of pieces of beautiful cedar log and on each of those chunks of the tree are stick figures. They are made of bronze and each of the stick figures represents different elements of Holly Wilson's ancestry. It is very modern looking, but as she explains, each one of those elements is also very much a part of her heritage as a, a Native American woman. For example, the stick people, there is a, a long history in her particular culture of these figures, these stick figures, being a way to tell stories and having a certain significance in her culture. And Virgil Ortiz's piece, I thought was fascinating because it's these, these black and white, fairly large figures that have this beautiful sort of way of being both modern and traditional. I mean, they are very traditional in the black and white designs and everything, but they have a very modern sensibility, especially in the way that they have a, a, 
an element of emotion to them. And I was fascinated that he is using these figures, and not just the figures, but the characters that the figures represent, as a way to tell these traditional Pueblo stories to young people who may not know those stories. It's almost like a a graphic novel-type treatment of this very traditional story in order to connect the past and the present. I think that's exactly right. Holly has written a very eloquent artist statement, and Virgil was definitely involved in, in crafting the label for his as well. So that also is a big component of the exhibition because it was titled Hear My Voice. I wanted to give that indigenous voice as much volume as possible. And so each of the contemporary living artists were invited to write their own label or artist statement. And you very much hear the voices of the artists, both past and present, through the objects that are presented. But there is also a literal hear my voice element to the show. Can you talk about that a little bit? We gave each of the contemporary artists in the exhibition the opportunity to select a historic work that was also in the exhibition that they wanted to talk about. So we had six artists that were willing to engage in this uh, experiment with us. We recorded them talking about these objects. So visitors to the exhibition have the opportunity to press a button and hear Kay Walkingstick talk about an Acoma Oya, as a painter would, and we, we listened to Molly Murphy Adams discuss beadwork on Sioux moccasins and how important the moccasin is to Plains cultures and how beadwork is such a, a skill and such a valued skill and tradition with, among the Plains people. Virgil talked about how hard it is to make a platter, and, and when you look at Maria Martinez's platter, you don't think about how hard it was to make, you think about how pretty it was. So you, you really get a, a, an interesting insight into those works. With Holly's piece that you described so beautifully, it does really go back to this idea that Native people do have a much more intimate knowledge and connection to where they come from and where they are now. Most of us kind of take for granted, you know, that where we come from or who our family is, we don't spend nearly the same amount of time thinking about those connections. And I feel like with this exhibition in particular, we really are encouraged to think about not only while these native artists are still out here and and doing these incredible contemporary things, but how does that fit into the overall American story? What is our history? How much do we really know about what happened before Europeans got here? And and once they did get here, how did that story change? And how did the original inhabitants of the country assimilate into that culture? Or were they agile enough to live, you know, sort of between both worlds? And how have they managed to gain the successes that they have? I think that for many of these cultures that are still around and still thriving and even gaining in population, this is a story that really needs to be told. And I think that visual art is one way to really get people to talk about it. And so again, that comes back to that idea of dialogue and conversation and talking to people that you don't know and learning something about them. The fact that some of the artists in this exhibition are contemporary artists is especially important to expand that concept and create that dialogue between the viewer and the work and the viewer and the cultures that the work is representative of because it conveys this sense that maybe people don't fully understand unless they are immersed in in Native American cultures that these cultures are 
not just recreating the past, but that they are very sort of vibrant. They are taking their traditions and their classical ways of working and making and using those as the foundation for creating new work, in this case, artistic work, but also just for living in the world. There are some particular themes that you look at in the exhibition and the way the exhibition is organized around these sub-themes, one of which is place, which you talked about a little bit just a moment ago, and the connection that indigenous cultures have with their ancestry, their place with their environment. One of the other things that I feel is so present in so much of this work is the sense of loss, of loss of language, loss of traditional ways of doing things, loss of stories, as in Virgil Ortiz's work. And so many of these artists are trying to restore or preserve these traditional cultural touch points. For example, the connection to nature. Often the natural environments in which indigenous peoples are living today is is much changed from the way it was in the past, sometimes because of things that are outside of their control. This idea of loss and this sense of place are connected to me. Some of the painters that are in the show actually speak to that. I, I agree with that. I think that the loss that we sense that these people have experienced is really, it's our own loss too. It's, it's a loss of, of culture, of history, I feel like they are more willing to acknowledge that loss. It's a painful part of our history, and I think the best way to confront it is to, to talk about it and say, this, this really did happen. And, and the loss of their, their language, their culture, their land was not accidental. It was, it was deliberate. And I, I think that when we listen to artists like Kay Walkingstick, she gives a really eloquent description of, of her process and how she feels connected not just to a particular place. She, she speaks more about her connection to the American landscape and how she travels around and selects a place that, that really touches her and how she allows herself to be kind of immersed in that experience. And she's very practiced at that art of, of experiencing a place. And I think that really shows through in her landscapes. She creates these diptychs that really speak to not only her physical presence in the place, but the way that she felt when she was there. So on the one hand, you have a visual description of a place that maybe many of us have traveled and we recognize, but then the other side is really her encouraging us to experience that, that place on a spiritual level and to really engage in a place, and I think that we would find a lot more value in the things that we sort of take for granted if we are encouraged and, and practice the same things that she does. It's not necessarily because she's native, but I feel like, the again, that indigenous experience with the landscape and their own history of, of these tragic losses um, really allow them to speak about it in a way that I think a non-native person simply can't, but they can definitely teach us a lot about how to move forward from that. There are several painters, Kay Walkingstick being one of them, in the show. Painting in the sense that we think of painting. Paint on a canvas that the painting is the thing at the end of the act of creation hasn't been a part of the traditional indigenous art-making process. 
And so that's, to me, another example of how contemporary artists are taking these ideas. Kay's painting, again, has this idea of dialogue and this duality of individual and collective and physical and spiritual, but she's doing that using the medium of painting, you know, as the Western art tradition thinks of painting. Well, I think for Indian painting, that really began back in the 1920s when the government for for better or worse, determined that Native people would be able to benefit financially from being able to sell their art, and they were trying to determine what kinds of art people would buy, and of course painting was one of the things, so traditionally they, they sort of moved into that direction of teaching Native people how to paint. There are some traditions of painting, for example, rock art painting, painting on teepees um, for the plains people, painting on pottery. So there have been instances of native painters. I feel like, again, this kind of speaks to the universality of the artistic experience. Any artist anywhere in time is going to look for the best means to express the message that they want to put out there. So if you are limited in terms of your resources, the materials you have at hand, you create that message based on what you have access to. But again, any time that you have access to something that's going to make it easier or more beneficial or more powerful for you to create that way, I think that they would readily adapt that. So I think that painting is just another example of the way in which Native people have been very agile, have been very uh, responsive to the world around them and, and to seek out ways that they can maintain their connection to their indigenous identity, but also benefit from the modern world, obviously. And, and many of these artists would argue that they're very much a part of the contemporary world. Some of the painters like Norval Morisot and Bunky Echo Hawk, they, they were painters. They didn't do any other art form, um, but they had those same messages that they wanted to put out, and painting was the best way to do that. I loved the piece that was inspired by the shape of traditional teepees. The artist's take on that is very sort of graffiti-esque. Native cultures have traditionally kind of had a different idea of time than we do. It's not quite the linear way in which Western thinkers think of, of time as having a timeline. Do you see that idea reflected in the work as well? I do, and I, I'm glad you brought up that notion of time because for Native people, again, as, as Westerners, we do have that very linear approach to time as though we've moved from the past into the present and we move forward into the future when really, who's to say what direction we're actually moving in? And I think that Native people grasp that sense of, of the passage of time much differently. They tend to think about it in more of a cyclical sense. So referring back to something like Holly Wilson's piece where the individuals represented there are her lineage as far back as she can remember, but the shadows that are cast by those figures are an important component of the work, and they represent the people that are so far back in time we don't remember their names and yet are considered very much present and part of our current story, and conceptually they sort of wrap back around and become us in the future, that we become the shadows to someone else. And so it's a really lovely idea that we don't necessarily have to think of ourselves as constantly moving forward. And I think that's one of the biggest ideologies that separates the two, is that for Westerners that first arrived here, it was like, we have to move forward. That was the whole notion behind Manifest Destiny. You move forward. You progress. You civilize. And I think that for Native people, that concept didn't really and still doesn't really have the same kind of meaning. Western art does that too. A painting that is created today contains in that painting much of what 
came before it, but we don't speak about it in the same way. And so we didn't value it in the same way when it was shared with us in different language. I think a lot of art students fail to see the relevance of something like past art forms because they all think that they're going to create something that's new and different and has never been done before and why would I want to create something that was done in the Renaissance? I think for most of the native artists, particularly Virgil Ortiz, would argue why would you not want to do something that worked so well? You know, why not continue doing that? You can change the message certainly or you can change things about the appearance of it, but he does he he says part of the finished product is the process that went into it. So to collect that clay, to purify the clay, to add the temper to the clay, to create the pigments for the slip, that's as much a part of that product as anything else. And allowing the elements to present themselves in sort of unique and surprising ways and to kind of work with that I think is important. Well, Joanna, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today about this eye-opening, fascinating, and beautiful exhibition, Hear My Voice. Thank you for having me. Hear My Voice, Native American Art of the Past and Present, is on view at the Virginia Museum of Fine Arts through November 26, 2017. For more information about this exhibition or to learn more about the art and artists in Richmond and beyond, go to our website, look-c.co. There you can find more podcasts, videos, and articles focusing on our vibrant visual arts community, as well as a calendar highlighting a range of arts events in Central Virginia. I'm Paige Goodpasture, and thanks for listening to the Look-See Podcast. Mm-hmm.